to see so many of you here today. I'm Jean James, one of the readers here. I've been here rather too many years than I care to remember, but it's good to see you all today. Let's just have a word of prayer. Loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you speak to us through it, and we ask that you would do that today, that we will all have listening ears and hearts that respond to what you have to say to us. Amen. Well, as Trevor has just said, um, last week Adele introduced this book, Transformed Life, and we are all encouraged to have a copy and read it. There's a special um, page day for every single day for the next 50 days, and we're linking it in with our services and we're linking it in with our home groups and other small groups. So do get involved in that. It's based on the first three chapters of Ephesians and it answers three questions which will come up quite a few times. Who am I? Where do I belong? And what am I living for? And Adele showed us last week that Paul answers those three questions with three answers, with three words, identity, belonging, and purpose. And these ideas will come up several times in the coming weeks. Before we start this week, however, which is entitled Brand New, so keep that in the back of your minds, I feel we should look again at two words. The two words are in Christ which are repeated over 30 times in Ephesians alone and many, many other times in Paul's writing. If I were to show you my Bible, you would see those two words circled dozens and dozens of times. And I have shared here before, but there's a lot of visitors today, so I hope you don't mind that in fact I'm going to share something that some people will have known. But in Christ became very real to me Um, personally, about 19 years ago when I was widowed. And in the lonely times behind closed doors when I grieved, the Lord showed me that I could be totally enveloped in him, that I was safe and secure, and that if I saw myself living and abiding in him, then I had everything I needed to get through that difficult time and move on in my life. And he showed me this through a picture of a spaceman. If you like science fiction films and you like space films, you can picture that in your mind's eye now. So a spaceman leaving the safety of the module and exiting through the airlock and out into the vast expanse of space. He was safe because he had everything he needed to survive in the suit that he was wearing. The line attaching him to the module, communications with those still on board, heat, oxygen, everything he needed to supply him to be safe in that hostile environment. And everything I needed to survive with a family who were grieving as I was, was all to be found in Christ Jesus, and by visualizing myself in that wonderful place. Paul explained the theory of what happens when we are in Christ. In Romans 6, he says, Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that Just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, 
we too may live a new life. And an easy way to explain that is if I put this five-pound note, and I have checked, it hasn't got that um, image on. There's one more, apparently, I think, still to come. If I put that in this folder, and if I put the folder through the fire and burn it completely, whatever happens to the folder happens to the five-pound note. And that is the mystery of what happens to us when we are in Christ. Because when we receive Jesus Christ into our lives as our saviour, it's as if we were totally immersed into the body and life of Jesus. When he died, I died. But more importantly, when he rose again from the dead, so did I rise again from the dead. And so did each and every other believer. And we can rejoice in that amazing fact that when Christ died on the cross, somehow we were in him, dying to our old self and being raised to life in him, to our new self. We have been made brand new. And that's the basis of the transformed life, that we are made completely new, not by anything we have done, but purely by the work of Jesus on the cross And through the indwelling spirit of Jesus, we can enter into personal relationship with him and the Father. So back to those three questions. Who am I? If I was to ask Paul that question, his answer, I'm sure, would be, I am who God says I am. But that wasn't how he saw himself originally. He was not only a Jew, but he was a Pharisee, which was a very legalistic and exclusive group who kept strictly to the law, the very minutest detail of the law. And in Philippians 3, he tells us that he had lots of other reasons where his identity could be found in earthly values. But in Philippians 3, he tells us where he actually found his identity. He says, whatever was to my profit, I consider them rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. Paul realized his identity wasn't in his birth as a Jew, or his Roman citizenship, or his job of tent making. His identity was now to be found in Christ, and he realized he was made totally brand new as we see from a letter he wrote to the church at Corinth. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Like a caterpillar transforming into a butterfly, we do become a totally different person because our sense of identity doesn't come from what we do or the family we were born into or the type of job we have, or even the things we've achieved. Our identity comes from what God has done. And we are transformed like the caterpillar into something completely new. And Paul says in Romans 12 that even our minds can be transformed. And did you notice how Paul addressed his readers? To the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus. When you hear the word saint, you probably think of someone like Mother Teresa, 
who was recognised by the Catholic Church as a saint last year. It's a word reserved for the very few, for a very few special people and very difficult to attain. But here Paul is saying that this word saint is not reserved for the few or those who have already died, but it is for everyone who is in Christ Jesus, based not on what they have done, but on the fact that they have been made brand new. When we were placed in Christ, we now take on the same status before God that Jesus had. I'm going to say that again. We take on the same status before God that Jesus had. In other words, Paul writes to the Galatians and says, You are no longer a slave, but a son or a daughter. And since you are a son, God has also made you an heir. And in Romans 8, he writes, You receive the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. And the Spirit testifies that we are God's children, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. The implications here are huge. You've had a complete change of identity. You are brand new. You were a sinner, but now you're a saint, set apart for God, one of his consecrated people. But we're sometimes tempted to think, that things are the other way round, thinking if I could just be a bit more holy and get more things right, then I might become a saint. No, the Bible teaches it's completely the other way round. You are already a saint, now live like one. You are already a joint heir with Christ, now live as an inheritor with Christ. From the moment when Paul met Christ on the Damascus Road and gave his life to Jesus, he ceased to be a sinner and became a saint. He was no longer saw the persecutor of the church, but he was given this wonderful new identity and was now Paul, an apostle of Christ. If we stop and pause for a moment here. Have you ever played an icebreaker game at a party where a sticky label is put on your forehead and you have to go around asking other people who you are, what your identity is? Well, I wonder if you've got a label on your forehead now. What identifies you? What word is on that label on your forehead? Is it saying words such as, unimportant, I'm a failure, reject, can't get anything right, useless, low self-esteem. If so, really take on board this morning that those labels are just not true anymore. They don't identify who you are because you're brand new. So perhaps in your mind's eye or even do it physically. Rip off that yellow sticky label with your old identity and replace it with one or more of the names that God gives to every believer, some of which we will be looking at over the next few weeks. Saint, beloved, child of God, heir with Christ, beloved. It's a bit like the story of the frog prince, It's a love-changes-everything story. And deep down, some of us may feel we're nothing more than an ugly little frog. 
But then the miracle happens and we are kissed by love and are transformed into our true identity in Christ. And we really do become then saints alive, not saints who are dead. In fact, later on in chapter Paul, chapter 2, Paul writes, For we are his workmanship. And that's an amazing statement. We are God's workmanship. He is the one who has made you special and to do special things. You are extraordinary. You are a masterpiece. I've had the privilege of seeing the magnificent works of art in the Hermitage Museum in St. Petersburg in Russia. I've seen the Mona Lisa in Paris. And I've seen Holman Hunt's Light of the World painting in London. And just as those artists transformed a blank canvas into a beautiful work of art, so God transforms us from people who are empty and without God, besmirched by sin, into people who are holy and without blemish. We become his masterpiece and he gazes lovingly on us every moment of every day. So we have a choice this morning to believe the lies that others or even ourselves have labelled us with and what we say about ourselves, or do we believe what God says about us? The second great theme that Paul introduces is this sense of belonging. Paul would have said quite definitely, I belong to God's family. And there is a fundamental need in all of us, isn't there, to find a place where we belong, a place we are accepted and feel comfortable. There's a lovely little phrase in Psalm 68 that says, God sets the lonely in families. Hallelujah. And little Emmett has been placed and born into the lovely lovely Burling family. And there he's going to be loved and cherished. And that's what we all desire. Perhaps at school or at work, you are already part of the in crowd. But perhaps like some, you may feel you are on the outside looking in. Well, the good news from Paul's letter is that when we become a Christian, we become part of the greatest place of belonging on earth, the family of God. And then in verse 2, Paul tells us who is the head of that family. And it's no less than Father God himself. Paul goes on to say in verse 5, which we'll be looking at next week, that in love God predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ. And that means we can now come to him at any time of the day or night because he is our father. Now this would have been an amazing concept to those early Gentile listeners who were denied access to the part of the temple where God's presence dwelt. And even for Jews, only the high priest could go into that inner holy of holies once a year. But now, because you have been placed in Christ Jesus, all of those barriers are gone. You can come right into the presence of God any time of the day or night. And of course, not only do we have Father God as our heavenly Father, but Jesus has become our elder brother. And we have Thousands and thousands and thousands of brothers and sisters all round the world who are part of this unique family. 
In Ephesians 2:19, Paul says, Therefore you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. So focus on those words. If you are in Christ, you are no longer an outsider, you are an insider. You belong to God's family. And when Paul uses this word citizen, he wants us to understand the amazing truth that we are not part of this family by passing an exam or trying really hard to be good. It's far better. We are treated as though we were born into this family. And that's what Jesus said to Nicodemus, unless a man is born again. And we are born into the family of God. And your birth certificate has changed. It's got invisible writing on it, invisible writing that God has placed on it. And it says, member of my family, child of birthright, citizen of heaven, you belong. And of course, this series will also give us that understanding of how important it is to belong to the local family of God. Here at Pip and Jim's, we come together as family to worship him and praise God. And in small groups, we get together and we learn more about having that sense of belonging and of having our cares and needs met by others. The third great theme that Paul introduces in these first amazingly short verses is the critical question, what are you living for? I think you'll all agree, as you get older, the years go by all too swiftly. And if we want to make the most of our life, we need to know what we're living for, and even more importantly, where we're going. There's a story about Albert Einstein taking the train to speak at a meeting. The conductor stopped to punch his ticket, but the great scientist couldn't find it anywhere, not in his pockets, not in his briefcase. And the conductor said, oh, not to worry, sir, I know who you are, Dr. Einstein. I'm sure you've bought a ticket. And as he moved away, he looked back to see Einstein still scrabbling around on the floor, still looking for his ticket. When the conductor went back to try and reassure him, Einstein said, well, I also know who I am. What I don't know is where I'm going. Isn't it amazing that these two short verses can open our eyes to the depth and truth of God's word? That not only do we find our answer to these questions of who we are when we see our identity is in Christ and where we belong when we see we belong in God's plan in his family, but we also find our third question answered, what am I living for? when we discover that God has a real purpose for our lives. Did you notice how Paul introduced himself in verse 1? Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. He was acutely aware that he discovered his purpose on earth by being in the will of God. And it was only when he was placed in Christ that he found out that he was then able to discern the will of God, and find out his true purpose in life. And when we become part of God's family, it's like God switches on the purpose button in our lives. Because Romans 8 tells us that we have been called according to God's purposes. So when we understand 
and appreciate our identity is in Christ and that we belong to God, then the eternal creator of this world, who has plans for all of the earth, connects us into those plans and creates a part for us to play. And this sense of purpose will begin to pervade every area of our life, not just the big things of life, but also the ordinary and the mundane. God wants you to know this morning that you were made on purpose and for a purpose. We looked at that statement earlier, for we are his workmanship. Well, that verse goes on to say, created in Christ Jesus to do good work which God prepared in advance for us to do. Doing good works doesn't make us a Christian. Doing good works doesn't put us in the family of God. But good works are a natural result and a response of being in Christ. They will naturally flow from our living in Christ. And we also talked about labels earlier. And I bet whatever clothes you were wearing this morning, there's a label somewhere in the back, at the neck, or in the side seam somewhere. There's a program currently on television about meeting with people who spend hundreds and hundreds of pounds a month buying designer clothes and designer shoes. They won't use anything from the high street. And the program is trying to show them where they can actually cut down on their spending Well, God has a designer label on you. You can't see it, but he can. And that designer label cost him the life of his son. And that label says, made in heaven by God's design for a purpose. Perhaps you'd like to go and look for it later when you go home. You are designed by choice. No matter what the circumstances of your birth, God has chosen you and designed you with a purpose in mind. And that purpose is to work with God to see his plans fulfilled on earth. And because we are in Christ and can enjoy the same intimacy with the Father as Jesus did, we too can walk in the Father's plans. Think of it. The all-powerful, all-knowing, everywhere-present God has made plans for the world And he intends that you and I should join him in making those plans come into being. And what's more, as we step into those things, we find he has gone before us to prepare the way. So we become a perfect fit for the way he has designed us. We may not always have such clear guidance as the late Alfred Wainwright wrote in one of his walking guides, which included the bizarre instruction to turn left at the third hawthorn tree. I doubt that hawthorn tree is there anymore. But surely being in Christ will mean we will be walking in his guidance and in his way. As a famous little verse in Proverbs says, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. And amazingly, God doesn't wait for us to be perfect to begin to use us in his plans. All he asks is for our willingness to offer our lives and our gifts to him to use in his plans. He longs for us to have that same willingness as Jesus did, yet not as I will, but as you will. 
And if we seek the Lord and ask what his will and purpose is for our lives, he will reveal it. And we'll have more and more of those wonderful, do you know those moments? Aha! When something just suddenly comes to light in your life and in God's word. When we realize that God is speaking directly to us and leading us into being people with a purpose. So the transformed life begins at the cross. And when we recognize and immerse ourselves in the wonderful truth that when we are in Christ, we realize we have died to our old self and we've been made brand new. That we're saints together, belonging to God's family with a purpose in life that can be fulfilled and blessed. And where every detail of our life can contribute, if we allow it, to God's plan that he wants to work out, that he's set in motion from the farthest reaches of time. So I really pray this morning that each one of us will have that grace and peace that Paul prayed for us as we truly discover our identity, our place of belonging, and our purpose in life. Hallelujah. Amen.